This is Line Dance Podcast. I'm Christopher Gonzalez. Hello and welcome to Line Dance Podcast with Megan Barcelia and Christopher Gonzalez. We are continuing the discussion of our local dance venue playlists slash request lists. These are the dances that are done at Hot Monk Tavern and Twin Oaks Roadhouse. And in the first half, we talked about when we would play these different dances, ideally, when they would sound most appropriate, whether as kind of an opener dance, beginner-friendly dance, more of a peak night, high energy, but definitely doable, and then late night where it's kind of anything goes, but probably not going to be very country, probably going to be a little weirder of a, a set of steps and maybe fewer people will know it, and they're the ones who've hung around just because this is the only place they can dance these dances. We are starting the second half with the dance, Lay Low. When would you think Lay Low, our one kind of slower dance, would be most appropriate? That's a tricky one because I'm so used to that filling the floor at circuit events. Um, and pretty much the primary reason why it's even made it on our list is because I recommended it to Dolly's class, which is a group of like five, maybe six people total to learn before they went to Vegas. Cause I said, I guarantee you this will be played a ton of times and you're going to kick yourself for not knowing it. And they love the dance I would say almost as much as I do, but I don't think anybody loves the dance as much as I do. I love the dance so much. Um, I am definitely one of those that will dance at any time it's played. I will not sit out of it. I love that dance. But for the flow of the evening, realistically, this is one of those that tends to get pushed a little bit late night only because the fact is it is a slower dance. And generally speaking, we teach at a bar-like venue and a lot of times that's kind of not how the bar-like venues go. Um, It's a nice break for some people who are still there. Um, It's a nice presentation for some people who are still there but it's really not meant for like a peak hour kind of dance. So I would put it probably the tail end of the fourth hour going into the fifth hour kind of situation. Um, Generally speaking, it is one of the dances that gets played right before Dolly's class or group of people leave um, because they're getting ready to leave. It's only been played different times when I've noticed that some of their dances had been played earlier in the night and They've been sitting out for for several, several dances. And so I'll be like, okay, we need one more of theirs that they love to do. Let's throw this one on. But then I'm really careful about like looking at how the flow of the music has been, not to like just totally crash the party. Yeah, I think that's probably a safe place where you uh, mentioned that uh, fourth hour. Because as I mentioned in the first half, there is uh, a definite danger in the last half hour of sending people home with a dance that's too slow or uninteresting or alienating in its lyrics or its tone. Um, anything could set them off. They, at that point, they're ready to go home. They just need that song that tells them it's okay. And if you play something that's this slow that late, then they're saying, oh, okay, well, this is making me sleepy. I couldn't play. I couldn't dance the next one that you play no matter what it is because now I'm so like lethargic but uh if you play it just a little bit earlier than that 
it's in that area of time when they're they're still up. They still kind of want to dance. They want to do at least one more like good one. And if this isn't their go home dance, then they'll wait through it for what theirs is. Ideally, for me, I would play it the last dance of the night because it is, like I said, the only slow song. So it gives people who want to do a slow, you know, embracing each other kind of a dance. They can do it to this if they want. If they want to do a cowboy cha-cha or a river city cha-cha on the outside, any other variation on that, it would give them an opportunity to. And it doesn't disrupt the flow of the uh, the energy and the tempo. It's like, what do you what follows this is the other question. Not only what does this come after, but how do you get people going again after Lay Low? And I could kind of hear, let's say, Groovy Love coming after this because it's gradual. You hear just a few instruments and then it slowly builds. It doesn't slam into your face like, I don't know, four on the floor. Make it shake, yeah. Lay Low to make it shake would be intense. And I could see them pulling something like that at events because they can do what they want. We just have to deal with it. But, you know, at a paying customer venue like this, you don't want to mess with them too much. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I think that, you know, that top of the fourth hour in that first half hour before the last half hour, uh, I think that's probably a safe place for that. After Layla, we have another one of your teaches, Little Southern Girl. Uh, this is very beginner-friendly, super light, mellow theme. It's not at all your grim, fake ID-sounding country. I would say maybe top of the second hour. Uh, it's maybe end of the first hour because it, it's going to be one that beginners can jump in on. You could do a quick teach if you had to, and it's country. Yeah, I would definitely put it in the let's get the night started, warming up, get people on the floor. This is one you can follow. It's a sweeter song, um, a little bit on the slow side, but not too slow. So it's it's a nice like, okay, yeah, oh, I can walk. Oh, I can, I can totally do this. I can, Yeah, I could do this. And so it introduces them nice and gradually. The other option for it... I would say is if you hadn't played it earlier in the night, it would be a good one for those where it's a beginner dance that can get people on the floor that are still kind of hanging around that are still beginners. Because sometimes the beginners are like, they're just not quite done yet after the peak hour. So if if it hadn't gotten played, like for whatever reason didn't request it or other requests that night got more priority, um, it would be a good kind of bring people back in. I could see it, for instance, after Lay Low or even before Lay Low, depending on how you're moving the night. Um, but generally speaking, I would want it in that first hour. And I think the reason I go toward the end of the first hour is because a lot of people don't show up on time. And it's kind of funny how you have the hardcore people at the very end in the last 30 minutes because they just don't want to leave. And you have the hardcore people in the first 30 minutes because they love it and they're addicted and they can't wait to start dancing. So often you'll have people arriving uh, who know a bunch of dances before the people who are just casually, you know, took a little extra time to do their makeup, wandering in. Oh, what's this? What's this country music playing in the other room? You know, that that kind of crowd tends to get there a little bit after, like you know, six oh one or seven oh one, depending which venue venue we're at. <clears throat> All right, after that we have another one of your teaches, Lonely Drum. Lonely Drum. This is this is an interesting one. 
I would put this probably late second hour, early third hour, because so many people know this dance and so many people love this dance, but it's not quite that nitty gritty of the top of the, like, or the peak peak of the hour. Um, People love to get on the floor to this one. Uh, They really, really enjoy it. Uh, we, we definitely have, uh, spent a, what, almost like two hours on a breakdown of Lonely Drum in a different podcast, um, breaking it down as to why people love this dance as much as they do and what about it. Is that available at linedancepodcast.com? I believe that's available at linedancepodcast.com. Wow. Linedancepodcast.com. That's so easy to remember and to tell a friend about. Yes, exactly. Cause you haven't already found it cause you're listening to us now. <laughs> but anyways, um, People just love that dance, and they've loved it for, what, almost two years at this point? Maybe a little bit more then? I don't even know. Like It just it feels like it's just always been there at this point. And so I would definitely put it closer to that peak portion, but not quite peak. Yeah, I would say you have to get it as close to the middle as you can because people will get mad at you if they missed it because it was already played. Or if it's going to play after they leave. So you got to get it when everyone's there. All the latecomers have finally, you know, gotten there and all of the, you know, early to betters um, with mostly what they're doing is, you know, classic country line dances uh, with this as their newest dance that they learned. Everyone's going to want to do it. It consistently fills up the boxes where people initial their requests. And this week... This week it actually went beyond, and I think it's done that multiple weeks as well. That happens when we let it get to that point. If we just, you know, say, oh, well, everyone's going to want to do it. Let's just play it. Well, then you get all those people later who say, well, what what happened to Lonely Drum? I see it's checked, but that can't be right because I just got here. So you have to wait a little while. And because that happens, you see the, the... initials flood the thing. So yeah, that that's really where I think it would have to go. End of second hour. It's still country. It's still beginner improver. It's not getting dark and non-country and gritty yet. Um, so yeah, spot on assessment, I think, in my opinion. Uh, love you more. This would be one of your teachers. Shocker! Can you tell I have a lot of teachers? No. Um, love you more is one that I really, really enjoy teaching I like exposing people to weird and different steps and the the V-step turn is certainly different. Um, I like the idea that I really don't, as bad as this sounds, I don't really have to teach hardcore the second half of the dance because chances are they know how to do a grapevine. Chances are they know how to walk, 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 kick, back, 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 touch. So I don't really have to spend a whole lot of time on the second half of the dance and I can t- I, so like when we get to that part and I go and I promise you know you you guys will get the second t- half of this dance no problem don't even worry about it you know and people enjoy the music they enjoy the fact that I pretty much tell them every time I teach it that Amy and Darren choreographed it for their wedding they think that's the cutest thing ever it's also an easy way for me to advertise that they're coming to town for a workshop in Petaluma on the 30th of March. So it's, it's, it's a nice song. It's a nice dance. And it's a great way to advertise them. Because people, once they know this dance, love this dance. So with that said, 
I would put it probably in the first hour, if not early second hour, because I would want that to be a teach that people can do. But I would definitely put it in the second portion of the first hour because that first half hour is definitely people are still wandering in kind of thing. Hmm. Maybe it's the way you teach it that gets them into it. In which case you could say they love the dance, but they love you more. Ah. Ah. dance podcast. All right. You love us. (laughs) All right. Uh, Thank you, everyone in Radioland, for putting up with us. Uh, we are actually recording this directly consecutively with uh, the the other episode. We are in a car that is um, steaming up gradually as we're parked outside a supermarket. It's uh, it's lovely out. It was a sunny day today. Anyway, I would put this, because we have put it nothing really in the middle of the second hour yet, I think I would put it there because I like to play this before, or at least I like to hear it before Sweet Caroline, because then it's so easy to say, oh, you already know this dance, just do Love You More again, and then do these other steps that I'll call out on the mic, which is always you calling them out on the mic. And I think in the middle of the second hour, which would be around 7.30, is good for people who really did not intend to come to line dance, but just wanted to eat a meal at Hot Monk or at Twin Oaks, and they're hearing something going on in there, maybe they've jumped in on Love You More, but you know they're singing along to Sweet Caroline. So you want the song Sweet Caroline to come on early enough for the casuals who are hearing that as the last thing played before they go back home at you know 7.30, 7.45. Or at Twin Oaks' case, 8.30, 8.45. So that's why I would want it um, early, but um, still late enough that people who like the actual dances uh, for both of those can do them and late enough so that beginners have started to arrive. So that's where I'd put it. Okay. After that, we have MIB. This is one of Jeff's teaches. I don't think either of us have tried to teach it to either venue. And this this week, it was apparently very popular. It filled up all all eight boxes with initials. I would definitely put this uh, past the halfway point of the overall night because it is non-country. Uh, however, I wouldn't want to put it too late because it's one of the very popular kind of sort of, I guess you could call it classic-ish line dances. It's not classic in the sense of like tush push, but it's massively popular, especially in Sonoma County. And a lot of people who end the night early and you know go home around you know, 9, 930, um, they want to do this dance. It's not that difficult. Uh, it's followable for most of it until you get into the cross and side bit. Um so you want it early enough for that crowd who did get there around opening and danced for three hours, but you don't want it so early that it messes with country because some people, as I mentioned in the first episode, really are there for country line dancing and are confused why they have to listen to Will Smith sing about aliens and men in suits. So I would say this would be a good one for around that Copperhead Watermelon Crawl, not too dark, not too fake ID, four on the floor, dirty country, um, and still early enough to be within proximity of like Ain't Too Cool. So maybe you could do like Ain't Too Cool, a couple other dances, then Watermelon Crawl, Water, uh, Copperhead Watermelon Crawl, MIB. 
and then maybe start getting into you know uh, slightly more sunglasses indoors territory this is where it's going to sound really really funny because I hardly ever dance this dance anymore this is my peak of the night dance perfect placement then it's the peak dance Everybody loves it. Everybody jumps on the floor for it. Everybody fights for it. People have been dancing it in Sonoma County and even in Sacramento and Davis. And I mean, shoot, I'm sure it's even crazy popular down in LA. And it's like, it's just one of those dances. And it can be song switched to heaven knows all kinds of music. Because believe me, I've danced it to all kinds of music. So this is the peak of the night dance everybody's on the floor for this one it is a floor filler everybody's laughing having a good time it can be sassy and sexy it can be stompy it can be goofy it really it is where everybody is just letting go and having a good time again I find it funny because I can't tell you the last time I danced it but that is what this dance is for my night of like spectrum. It's also interesting considering how many requests that it had this particular night. Mm-hmm. All right. After that, we have my Uber driver, one of your teaches and dances. Teaches reluctantly, by the way. Um, I am going to plead the fifth on where I would place it because it's my dance and I don't feel right putting it somewhere. So I'm going to let you assess how it goes. Well, on this particular night, it had as many requests as MIB um, and a couple of these others and uh, filled up every box. So I would say it does feel like clean country, beginner, improver friendly, and it would be... At home, near some of those other dances, getting toward the peak of the night, but still in like that earlier clean country portion. So maybe a couple songs before Ain't Too Cool. Ain't Too Cool, as I mentioned in the previous episode, is like my halfway point where it's the second beginning of the night um, that gets all the 20 to 30 year olds who like to show up you know, two hours after the beginner teaches thinking they're too cool for them. Uh, not really pointing to anyone in particular. I don't personally know anybody who does that, but like, you know, I've, I've read blogs. So, uh, ain't too cool is, you know, a couple hours after everything has already started and people who are there are getting ready over the next 30 to 45 minutes to an hour for their peak of the night. And my Uber driver is peppy. But it's not going to like make you sweat. It's not going to make you feel like you worked out super hard. And really, it just makes you feel like you danced. So in that sense, it kind of feels like All Shook Up, which we had mentioned would go earlier in the night. Uh, but it's also a little tricky for absolute first-timers. So I would say a, a few songs before Ain't Too Cool, so end of the second hour. Close to the end of the second hour. Are you... Grading this on a four-hour or a five-hour? Because I'm going five hours. Well, let's see. So we've got first hour, which is when all of the beginners start to 
well, the hardcore people are already there and the beginners are starting to show up. Second hour, things are getting dancey. We're doing teaches. Beginners are feeling comfortable. Third hour is when people are getting into their peak. Between third and fourth would be like the peak. And then uh, between fourth and fifth would be like first I was looking at it as top of the fourth hour is when you can get away with playing things. That's not really anyone's favorite favorite, but a few people requested it and people will wait for their real last dance. And then the last half hour plus whatever spillover overtime, uh, that is when like the hardcore people have stayed and you're just squeezing out the last dances you can from them. And then, yeah. and then the night ends at the end of that hour. Yeah, because I was I was putting the, that fifth hour, and I'm saying fifth hour, but realistically, it's anywhere from like 20 minutes to 45 minutes. So yeah, okay, just making sure we're grading the same point so that I can see where it is on your scale. Yeah, because yeah, technically we're supposed to go from six to ten, and I think even seven to ten at both at, at uh, from Twin Oaks. It's supposed to be like seven to ten. Um, six to ten is Hot Monk. We only do 10 to 11 because people keep asking for songs, so we play them. We only stay from 10 uh, or 11 to 11.30 because I guess they like us and think we're pretty <laughs> and don't want to kick us out, even though they all want to leave behind the bar. Yeah, I don't know how that works out, but um, yeah, we would go for even longer if we could. We'd make this a six or seven hour scale. Yeah, that's where I'd put my Uber driver. After that is off the chain, and this is definitely not one that a lot of people know and people would definitely be scared of it if they saw it. Um, and for our specific case, it's a lot of Sonoma state line dance club people, definitely not country. And it's talking about butts. So I would say end of third hour, kind of in that risque four on the floor period, it's going to be somebody's peak of their night. And it's not one of those that, like I said, you know, people people are waiting through to get to their real song. This could be somebody's real, actual favorite dance to do of the night, and you don't want to wait till the very end because it's kind of a neat, you know, spectacle. So I would say end of the third hour, as close to the end of that third hour as you can. Yeah, I'm more top of the fourth. Yeah, yeah, but okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, that that's we're talking like five songs difference here. So, you know, but yeah, I, w- I would definitely put it more of the the peak hours, the dances that are like just the really nitty gritty, the harder dances, the cathartic dances, the I am going to pack the floor dances, whereas off the chain, I can see right at the tail end of that. So I would put it in the fourth hour, ideally, because I would want to play as many of the other kind of dances during the peak hour, whereas at our location, unlike at circuit events, (laughs) it's a handful of people who know it as opposed to everyone knows it, so... After Off the Chain, we have Psycho and Shoop. And I'm just going to lump them together because it's pretty much the same same group of people who request both. And for both of those, I would say last half hour. Because I wouldn't say either of them are spectacle in the way that Off the Chain is. They're not like a showpiece that you're happy to watch over you know whatever dinner you've ordered. Nobody's really going to be watching them if they aren't dancing them. And the content of both songs isn't the kind of 
let's everybody get drunk and, you know, party together, we're having a good night kind of music. Shoop is talking very explicitly about sex, just boning straight up. And um, the other one, Psycho, we have songs switched to Sweet But Psycho, where she's, you know, she's saying... I, you love me, but I'm crazy, and I don't know. It's it's not a party song. It's just you know a pop song. I totally agree. I would put it in the last hour, hands down, easy because there's so few people who know it, and at that point, also they just they're not really. I'm trying to think. They're not like you were saying, like the spectacle presentation kind of style, but it's also that like the sound of them belongs a little bit late night. So, yeah. Yeah, if, if Shoop were played at an event, it would still be late night. Yeah. It would be past, for what you know events would consider late night, past midnight. Yeah. When they're not putting stuff up on the projector anymore and you're just going to be surprised by, oh my goodness, Shoop, I haven't done this in forever. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely a late night sound there. Not your church picnic line dance, Shoop. <laughs> no, no, no. All right, after that we got Shotgun Jenny, beginner-friendly, I would say off-the-cuff, end of first hour, top of second. I think I'd put it middle to late second, only because it's getting into that 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 country sound, just the sound itself. It's very beginner-friendly. All of our people who've learned it love it, and each time you reteach it, they love it again. So it's certainly one that is accessible to many, many people, but I think the sound itself is getting closer to the peak sound. Okay. I can, I mean, when you mention getting closer there, I'm also now thinking about the 20 to 30 latecomer people. Um, they would probably be more into these particular country artists as opposed to like Alan Jackson and George Strait, Unfortunately. which which would populate a lot of the first hour to first half of the second hour. Yeah. So I could I could say going toward yeah like middle second hour. <laughs> okay. After that, slapping leather. I'm not sure what to think about slapping leather. I'm gonna give this one to you. As uh, middle second, not not quite peak. I, I don't know. I'm okay. I can see end of second because it's complicated. It's a difficult dance. No one's going to follow it on the floor. Um, but Jeff teaches it. Jeff does teach it. So he does. I, think I don't that know. Be... That's what that's what I'm saying. Like I could see it as his second teach. So like second hour towards third. Okay. Uh, as long as it's in the second half of the second hour, maybe like two forty-five. <laughs> I, I could see that because it's one of those also where you need it to be in the middle. A lot of people are going to request it, just like Tush Push. Mm-hmm. And it's a classic country line dance, so it gives people that realistic expectation, like we mentioned about Baby Likes to Rocket in the first episode, um, where when people show up and they see this, they think, okay, yeah, I'm in the right place. This is what I thought line dancing was going to be like. And if you play it too late, they will miss that. They won't see it. If you play it too early, they will miss that and not see it. Yeah. So it, it has to be across the difficulty spectrum out of the beginner's way. It has to be later than the beginner teaches because if they try to do this dance, they will be frustrated probably if it's their very first time. But you can't play it so late that they don't see it because this is where they will end up. They are going toward this dance. Yeah. This dance is just also slightly problematic with the differences between Northern and Southern California, where 
apparently Northern California just took out two counts because why not? So, yeah, it's just it's one of those that it's a little bit tricky, complicated, um, but it is one that you would expect to see at a country line dancing night if that is what you are going to. Um, And although we tend to just call it a line dancing night, I believe uh, Hot Monk and or Twin Oaks does address it as country night. So, yeah, it's on the the. those little letter board things like movie theaters have outside. And I think our posters have dancing people in cowboy hats. Not actual any of us dancers, but just stock photo people. So people come thinking that it's going to be a lot of country. So we try to give them that in the first few hours until we um, completely ruin their expectations and give them all kinds of weird stuff later. If they stick around long enough. That's their reward. (laughs) After that we have, oh yay! Oh, something in the water. I think this should, I, I mean, regardless of who is requesting it or when they arrive, I think this should be in like the first 20 minutes. It's so cute and very church picnic. I agree 100%. Yep. After that is Southside Shake, one of your teachers. Now, this one is definitely, I would say, at least second half of the second hour. And possibly early third, early, early third, depending on how your night and your DJ flow has been going. Uh, the reason why is because it is, I mean, it's Southside Shake. It's talking about shaking your tushy. Um, but it is a little bit trickier for the beginner. Um, I have taught it several times and they can get it when I teach it. But if I'm just calling it out or do we just jump on the floor, they struggle a little bit more with trying to pick it up. So it's not necessarily immediately accessible, but it's not out of the realm of accessible either. So I think that's where I would place it. I think that similar to how we described Copperhead Road and Watermelon Crawl as being the two halves of the night uh, as far as like country, where you have all the clean, easy um watermelon crawl stuff earlier and then all of like the dirty talking about like alcohol and marijuana and shooting things uh in copperhead road instead of having a wall where watermelon crawl comes first copperhead comes second you flip them and that way it smooths the transition a little bit and it makes it fuzzier in that sense i think this would be a, a south side shake would be a good one to have after ain't too cool because ain't too cool lets people know Pop is coming. We're going to do all this shake butt stuff like Lunch Money Lewis is telling us to. And then people who are like, what is this non-country stuff? Oh, Southside Shake comes along and it's country, but it's agreeing with Ain't Too Cool. It's saying, no, we are going to keep doing this stuff just like you heard in the last song. And yeah, there's going to be a few country songs here and there. So don't get your knickers in a twist. (laughs) I can see that. Yeah. Go ahead. After that is... Sweet Caroline, which I mentioned already, I think should be after Love You More, in which case it would be somewhere in that second hour. I'll go with that. So around 7.30 p.m. if the night started at 6 for the dinner folk. After that, we have Tailgate. Now, this one's interesting. I'm going to ignore the specifics of who dances it among our bunch. If I were looking at it as just a classic country line dance by Dan Albro that normally, you know, maybe more people would know... I would say this would be good in the first portion of the night 
but then he is kind of talking about what happens in that tailgate. So depending how you look at it, I would either put it with hold my beer early enough so no one can hear it and be like, you know, rosy cheeked, like, oh my goodness, I'm talking about bumping and doing grinding and things. And that's, that's entirely out of hand. Or you put it late enough that it's getting more toward like the South Side Shake and things like that, where it, it's, it's more, um, accepted within three or four songs radius of tailgate that yeah this night is going to talk more about these kinds of things but i wouldn't want to put it next to like love you more and something in the water it would be out of place there the content of the lyrics anyway um so yeah that i think that's where i would want it either early enough that it can just blend in with all the other country dances like baby likes to rock it and dizzy and cruising or not quite into party mode, four on the floor territory yet, but still, you know, kind of hanging out with more like flying eight, walking wazzy dances. I was going to say first half of the peak hour. Um, probably because it's one that I, I can see also being closer to, say, like aces and eights. Mm-hmm. Where it's not quite a nitty gritty, but it is at the same time. It's like it's getting there. Um, this one is kind of that same feeling where it's kind of like it's not quite nitty gritty, but it's certainly not something in the water innocent either. So I would probably put it closer to like early third getting closer to like four on the floor because I could see dancing this one and then going straight into four on the floor I could see that happening um if we skipped the alternation that we tend to do which is between the non-country country country, beginner and non-beginner um dances like I can see if just regular you know playing at a a intermediate level or whatever so all everything is on the board I can see going from one to the other pretty easily. I don't see like it would break up the flow or anything like that. Whereas putting it, like you said, next to something in the water would be very weird. Okie dokie. After tailgate, we have the outlaw. Now people are drunk. They want a beginner lesson that you can give them in like 15 seconds or less. Um, Gosh, Uh, this would be like late in the peak hour, I think. Because this is the kind of beginner dance that isn't the kind of like, all right, everybody, here's your first line dance ever. And this is going to introduce you to everything that line dance represents. I don't want this to be anyone's first line dance in that beginner sense. I want it to be, like I said, the beginner dance that they can handle when they can handle nothing else. And they're just there to let loose. They're not there to become professional, anything involved with line dance. They just want to blend in and hold their bottle on the dance floor, which they're not supposed to do, and you know, take selfies for Instagram. This is that dance. So yeah, late in the peak hour, I think. I agree, because I was going to say after MIB. It just needs to be after. Now, it doesn't need to be immediately after by any means, but it just needs to be after MIB. Also, this is getting um, in that late portion that's also late because of the swears. Yes. We don't play the clean version of whiskey drinking SOB that we know exists because whiskey drinking son of a gun sounds weird. And I think you know playing the actual normal version is fine as long as you've sent the aforementioned in the first episode, Timmy and Sally, to bed. Yes, agreed. After that, we have another V dance of similar ilk, the wolf. This could go, I think, pretty much 
anywhere in the peak hour. And the reason why I say anywhere is because I can see it being the build into the, the peak hour. I can see it being the come down from the peak hour. And, but it just, it would have to be somewhere in there. I wouldn't probably put it in the like 20 to 40 minute range of the hour. It would have to be either before the 20 minutes or after the 40. Just because of how it feels. It is definitely a very provocative song, a very provocative dance. Um, so depending on how your DJing night goes, I can see it in either of those places. Yeah, if if Timmy and Sally are in bed by then and you can not worry about the language portion, I could see it being in that first chunk because it's also then closer to Ain't Too Cool. And we know some people who like to play with the lyrics in Ain't Too Cool and play with the lyrics in The Wolf in a similar way. So this way they're already in that mode, they're already on the floor, and we've discussed before how once you're on the floor, every dance that comes on that you know while you're there, you can immerse more deeply into. It's harder to get into immersion as quickly when you're having to walk onto the floor and navigate around people and then get into the mindset. If you've already been doing that for the last two songs, then you're a lot more casual about getting weird on that third one. Yep, absolutely agree. Absolutely agree. And if Timmy and Sally are still there, then send them to In-N-Out and then play it in the end of the hour. <laughs> All right, after that we have Tropicana Parking Lot. Classic-ish, I would say, and it really depends on what song you play. Um, I, 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 w- I would say that this could go well with Flying Eight Walk and Wazzy um, during that alternation peak period where you're still doing some clean country. Uh, you're not getting into dirty country yet. Uh, but it's high energy. It's not beginner hour anymore. It's it's a lot of switches and weird number of counts. It's not clean 62, 64 or 32. It's somewhere in the middle. It's a little confusing, very difficult to follow. So this is one for people who really know the dance already. And so they're at that period of their dance night where they don't have to sit and stand and sit and stand. They can just dance several in a row. And that for me would be kind of like the peak. So the three main songs that I have danced this dance to is Heads Carolina, Tails California, Little Bird, and Bye Bye. And with all three of those, they're fun, upbeat, happy, peppy. I mean, even even with the idea that like it talks about leaving in almost every single one of those songs, um, it's a different premise for leaving and it's definitely upbeat and happy, but it's a classic dance in our area. So I would definitely put it probably in the second half of the second hour approaching on the, um, the third hour. And like, I could see it going, like you said, with the walk in Wazi and whatnot, just because those dances are, are the classics in our area, but I can also see it being a lighter, peppier song, um, it does give beginners a break. It depends on, like, again, how our teaching schedule has gone up at this point. Because sometimes, I mean, we have a packed house by 6.15. Other times it's closer to, like, 6.45, you know. So it really just kind of depends on the flow of the night. But I can see it in that second half of the second hour getting closer to the, the peak hour. Okay. I was thinking, like, first half of the third hour, which we talked about more with Flying 8, uh, in the previous episode, but I mean, it's close enough that I could see it also being in that second half of the second hour because it's it's within that same sixty minutes. Yeah. So, 
Uh, also, uh, you mentioned the content of those those three songs. The one that I was thinking of was All Things Considered, where he talks oh. about all these terrible things happening to him, but it's still such a happy, happy song. <laughs> it's weird how Tropicana Park that attracts these folk. <laughs> all right, after that we have Tush Push. And the song that we typically do it to is What Was I Thinking by Dirks Bentley because it phrases perfectly. I prefer Dancing Thinking Country, but that's okay. That's just me. Um, <laughs> no, the uh, What Was I Thinking, Tush Push, it has to be somewhere during that peak hour. And I would say after the first 15, 20 minutes of the peak hour, at least. It's getting closer to that middle of the night moment um, because so many people love it and some people enjoy it. And again, we do it to a country song. So a lot of times that's going to still, uh, you know, appease the country people and even the non-country people enjoy it to that song. So because it's fast and it's upbeat and they really get a sweat. I would say this would be like you said with you know regarding the peak. I think this would be like the last clean country song that plays before it gets somewhat darker. Like I could see Tush Push to that song playing, people dancing, thinking, "Are we there? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet?" And then four on the floor comes on, like, "Ah, oh, we're there." Uh, but like at that point, you can't go back. Like you can't go something in the water after this point because the the feel of tush push to that song like raises the stakes you hear him telling the story and then it, and then it gets quiet and are they going to make it and the guy's loading his gun and boom they make it and they're driving around and having a great old time so you you definitely want that um right in like the densest portion of your peak for the night mm-hmm. and uh, and as i mentioned after that point there's there's no going back to the other the rest of the clean country stuff cuz this is clean with intensity all right, after that is Walkin' Wazzy, which, as we mentioned, would be somewhere in the neighborhood of uh, Flying 8 and perhaps also Tropicana Parking Lot. Not quite at your energy. Um, I guess the peak encompasses a lot of things because it's the energy and intensity. You're going to start heading toward dirtier country uh, and music non-country. and non-country. Um, and you're getting out of the more like classic dances. So since this is a classic line dance, um, you would want it before that, that happens. Um, it's almost like, Oh, I want to say it's almost like, like these delicate spirits almost. It's weird. I'm starting to think like this Miyazaki sort of film in my head where it's like, it's like you have these little, little spirits. They're like tissue paper floating in the wind. And, the classic clean country dances hang out in this bright field next to a forest. And as they get closer to the forest, like the winds get stronger and they have to be careful to turn back before they get caught in the branches. Cause once they do, once you get caught in those branches and get sucked in and torn and battered and here and hither and yawn amidst all the branches, it it like dis- it, it rips those apart, and then what's inside there is like fake ID, four on the floor, um, kind of songs. going ham. Uh, what was the one that we just said? Uh, Outlaw, the wolf. Like you, you have to you have to protect you have to protect those dances from that barrier before it gets into the deep dark woods. <laughs> 
to walk in Wazi, I would want to protect because it's still fun. It's high energy and fun, but it's clean. And it's one that Jeff dances to. Like, he doesn't dance to just any old thing, and he dances to that. So um, I, I, I like that one being near the energy peak, but not the intensity peak. Yeah, I can totally see that, especially seeing as Jeff gets airborne during that one. Okie dokie. After that, we have the classic Watermelon Crawl, which, uh, as we already mentioned in the first episode, I think should go back-to-back with Copperhead Road. And then in the night, where would you say that goes? I mean, it's definitely peak hour because it's one of those that, like, so many people expect to see or know. So I would definitely put it there. I think... I think you're building with that one as opposed to coming down. So I think I think that one would be the first half of the sec of the third hour, sorry. So of that peak hour that would be the first half. So um if it has to be next to Copperhead, it has to be next to Copperhead. I don't really care. <laughs> I I agree that it's more of a building because uh, beginners can try to follow it due to its symmetry. Even though there are some weird things like toe, heel, cha-cha-cha, and your feet don't naturally do that when they walk down the sidewalk. Right. Like, it's a weird movement, but at least you know that if you faked the first one, you can get the second one. It's just on your left foot. Right. Yeah. So, yes, I, I would say getting toward the... Um, it's definitely, you know, pretty distance, maybe like six songs away from, like, the dirty peak. But uh, and it's not even, like, particularly energetic, but it's it's building. It's getting toward there. Okie dokie, then we have a somewhat recent addition, one of your teaches, Whiskey Bridges. I like this one. I am a fan of Brooks and Dunn. So when Madison sent me this dance as a potential teach for me, because I had requested some for her from her, um, I was really excited. I also didn't know that Michael Barr had a dance to it as well, which I'm very intrigued to learn as well. Um I think that this is definitely a good, solid second teach of the night because it's a little bit trickier with the balance. It's a little bit trickier with the weave. It's a little bit trickier with the side and cross or scissor like step. Um, So people have to really kind of like they need to be exposed to something a little bit easier first, I think, if it's their first time dancing. Because um, I don't want them to get discouraged because this one does take a little bit more thought process. Uh, but people still tend to love it. Uh, although the song is a little on the fence about the topic, it's it still sounds almost sweet. Because it's, it's basically like, ah, it's all just whiskey under the bridge. It just happens. It's whatever, you know. Um, but it is talking about like... You know, breakups and whatnot. So it, it can be a little on the more depressing, mellowish side. So I would definitely put it earlier in the night, but I wouldn't put it as an opener until like it became a mass majority of people know it because I just restarted introducing it again and it's been almost a year. So it's, um, it's one of those that not a lot of people know or they go, oh yeah, I remember we used to do this one a year ago. So it's it's just starting to make its way back around. I would agree with that placement because when I think about that portion of the night, that also kind of sounds like Little Southern Girl back on Texas time. Kind of lighter, mellower fare. And 
You're right. He's talking about, you know, ain't a heart been broken. And that's vulnerable for a country artist. There is no room for vulnerability past the peak of the night. They're just talking about how tough they are and how many girls they're going to be with and who they're going to be dancing on and whose truck bed. And, and you know, Whiskey Bridges is a little more sensitive than that. So that begin that, that belongs earlier in the night. Wild West, Wild Wild West Boogie. This was one that we, I guess, uh, hadn't mentioned until now that also fits in with the family of Tropicana Parking Lot, Flying Eight, and Walkin' Wazzy because it is an older country line dance. I guess it goes with <clears throat> Baby Likes to Rock It as well. This is a Chris Hookie dance. Uh, he's the same guy who did... Uh, Zydeco Lady back in, I want to say like 1990 or something. I just saw the video recently. I should know this. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, Wild Wild West Boogie, two-wall, um, tricky footwork, actually. Surprisingly so for being a two-wall dance. Uh, it's that that turn at the end that always gets me. And I would say it's too difficult for a beginner to just jump in on. It's quick. It's a quick dance. I would want it to be back to back with one of those other dances that we just mentioned because people who don't know it probably don't know flying eight either. And so they can sit out, they can go to the bathroom, they can order something from the bar. It gives them that six minutes or in this case, because wild world just boogies a little longer, maybe like eight minutes. If you add it to the other dance um, that they need to do something else. That can be like the time, their break, that one time in the night when they can do something else. But for the person who does know both Wild Wild West Boogie and one of those other dances, it gives them immersion because they want to do both of those energetic dances back to back. And it makes them feel like, wow, I really accomplished something. That was a lot of energy expended in doing Flying 8 Right, uh, right before Wild Wild West Boogie, and if they did Wild the Walk and Wazzy as well, then it's practically a marathon. So um, that's where I would put that, and I think we had already mentioned that would be kind of in the later second, maybe earlier third uh, hour um, neighborhood, because energy wise, it's getting toward the peak, but it's still clean country, it's still classic country line dances. Uh, so it's before the the uh, the bell starts to curve over. I, you know what, I, after listening, because I didn't know where to put it to begin with, after listening to what you said and how you broke it down, it really does make the most sense to be in the range along with, like, Baby Likes to Rock It and, and you know, Flying Eight and, and that kind of style. Um, just because, again, like you said, chances are those who know that will know this. So it, it'll, it'll flow nice enough into that one. And then they'll be able to take a break after exerting a lot of energy. All right. After that, our Z dance, because we don't have Josie's Funk on here. I haven't taught it in a while, but I, I do plan to, to reteach that and get it fresh in people's minds. Um, this is the last printed out dance that we have on here. And we already meant, oh, there is one right in that we did not mention. Um, this is the last printed dance. And it is Zydeco Lady. This one's tricky to place because we just taught this at Hot Monk a couple weeks ago. Uh, if it's to the original, uh, it's again, it's like that floating spirit, you know, the, the tissue paper ghost. I want to protect the original. I want to protect the original song 
so I don't want it anywhere near those dirty country dances that come later with the butt slaps and the flicks of various things. And yeah, it, it, it's, it's no dim jeans, that's for sure. So I want it early enough to not be associated with those. However, if we song switch it and we did it to like Heartache on the Dance Floor or something, then yeah, maybe maybe like, you know, fourth hour. It's a little tricky for people. No beginner is going to jump in on this that I, that I would consider a beginner. And it might not be most people's very favorite peak energy exertion dance either. So I don't want it necessarily in the peak. And it's not, I don't know, it, it's kind of deeper and it's still vulnerable, but like deeper than some of those light country ones we had already mentioned. And unfortunately in this area for our dancers, it's not as classically known as the other classic dances we mentioned. So it doesn't fit in with those either. So I think sadly I have to shuffle it off somewhere into the top of the fourth hour in that dangerous or almost dangerous zone where people will wait through it to get to their real last dance of the night. But if I put it too much later than that, people will be like, oh, I don't know this one. It's too hard. I'm going home. So that's that's where it has to be for now. I agree with my sad face because I love Zydeco Lady. I love this dance so much. It's so much fun. It makes me so happy every time it gets played and danced. Um, but given the circumstances, it definitely tends to fall in that fourth hour um, not quite the end of the fourth hour, like you said, because people will use it as the, okay, I'm going to go home now. So, yeah. Although I wish it would be one of those that's any time hours, but yeah. Okay. Now, the one that we didn't mention that also had a number of requests was Stitches. What are your thoughts on where Stitches should go? Stitches? It's interesting. I would probably put it... Somewhere in the peak area, I might put it on the other side. So closer to like the 45. Um, Only because it's not quite a, I don't know, it's very tricky. Because with Ain't Too Cool on one side, like Stitches on the other, logic dictates that they should be on the same side, but at the same time... Because of the sound of stitches, I feel like it's better off getting closer to the late night. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to put it that late into the peak, I would say it would be like the top of the fourth hour. Because that intro is so long that that alone could send people home if they don't know the dance. The the music might not even have started and they're like, this is going on forever. I don't know it. I'm leaving. So... You wouldn't want it, and it is a very popular dance. People from, you know, like Dolly's class, people who go to circuit events, earlier portion of the night people would know this. So you don't want it too late because they'll actually dance it. But if it's too late, I mean, it's kind of, uh, it's it's not it's not picking anyone's adrenaline up. We've had people talk to us before about how oh, you're putting me to sleep. Like I don't know these dances, or I need something a little bit, you know, a little bit more angry or something. Stitches isn't really angry. So I would say popularity wise, it should be, um, how, how, how do they say that? Uh, Jace, it should be peak adjace. So at like, at, at the polar opposite end of eight and too cool, as you, as you mentioned, but also because it has that long intro that people have to sit through, it prepares people to start sitting through dances at the top of the fourth hour. 
in that last half hour, they can't be sitting through dances. You have to put some exciting stuff. But um, in that top of the fourth hour, you can put some of the more, meh, I can deal with this kind of dances. Yeah. And that does it for the printed list with a few minutes to spare. What are some of your thoughts having looked at all of this? And what would you say the shape of your night, if you had to consider an overall shape, what, what does your shape look like for a night out at one of our venues? I'm not sure what you mean by shape, but um, generally speaking, I mean, because you did describe the bell thing, mm-hmm. and that's kind of how it was going. It starts off with a lighter, sweeter, innocent side, very accessible dances, and it does build from there, and it gets into like the high energy, high impact, um, nitty gritty side of things, and then it kind of starts to tail off into the to the smokier side and when I mean my smoky like the the velvet room or the speak easy side but also in that is where generally you and I also get closer to the end of the night we can start playing stuff that we've taught club which includes like rhythm inside and second time around and um, more circuit stuff that allows us you know that freedom and that privilege and because we now have space and there's not as many people there so it's like you said an anything goes kind of situation yep i think um i think that that pretty well sums it up and i've been scattering my thoughts about this all over both episodes uh i i really like the way our nights tend to flow and regardless of specific order this going before that every time uh, I think the general shape is pretty consistent from week to week. And I'd be curious for anybody out there who has experience with um, social dancing in in their towns, what their nights tend to look like. Or if you do socials that are 100% during the day, like 1 to 4 p.m. at a community center, does this match up at all? Or does it uh, have a, a kind of a, a different set of uh, proportions to it? Do you just do straight alternations off of the request list with no thought about, uh, you know, flow and energy and swears and all that good stuff? I say swears and then I say good stuff. Anyway, uh, <laughs> well, we like to thank you once again for tuning into Lion Dance Podcast with Megan Barcelia and Christopher Gonzalez. Uh, we're very grateful to all of you for sticking with us this long into our journey. Uh, and for some of you, we'll be seeing you uh, specifically in Palm Springs this weekend at Palm Springs Winter Break. For everyone else, in a more general sense, until next time, we will see, see you on, on the, the dance, dance floor. floor.